What is up, everybody? Welcome to Roll for Persuasion. I am Andrew Richardson, and I appreciate you guys listening today. It's always good to see those download numbers go up because that uh, that means that you guys think that what I'm doing is kind of cool, which is, you know, that's good for me. So I appreciate it. As always, this show talks to creatives in the Dungeons and Dragons and the tabletop RPG community about the cool stuff they're doing and how their games influence, inspire, impact the creative pursuits that they are involved in. If you enjoy the show, definitely make sure you subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. And if you really like us, go on the Apple Podcast app. Even if you don't have, if you're one of those Android people, just like steal, go to the Apple store, get on every phone there and go on the podcast app and leave a five-star review. That's actually a really great idea. I'm going to go do that personally after the show, but you do that as well because uh, we live and die by your reviews and not really die because really if you review me poorly, I'm just going to keep doing this. But uh, so far, so good. I really appreciate the things you guys are saying. Follow us on social media at Roll Persuasion on Instagram and on Twitter. Always like hearing back from you guys. And uh, always like getting suggestions. Some of our best guests have been suggestions that I've gotten from new listeners. And so always looking for new and cool creatives. Uh, You don't have to be big. You can be small. You can just be starting out. I would love to talk to you. Hit me up. We'll make it happen. So today... I'm very excited uh, because we have a guest who is one of the co-stars on one of my current favorite D&D podcasts. And let me tell you, if you are into BDSM podcasts, this is going to be a treat for you Um, because today we have uh, Beth May from Dungeons and Daddies, which claims to not be a BDSM podcast, but out of all the podcasts I listen to, it does have the most BDSM content. So it's an interesting parallel they've got there. Uh, Beth, what's going on? Hey, what's up? Um, Angie, thank you so much for having me on, on the show. Um, and you uh, just want to give a shout out to all of my BDSM fans out there. I doubt that there are any of you because we portray BDSM so poorly, if not problematically, on the show. But we have a great time doing it. It's a sometimes BDSM podcast. Wow. The, the funny thing is when you when you search Dungeons and Daddies on the podcast app, the podcast oh, right next to it, the podcast right next to it is a hundred percent like a, a kink BDSM oh podcast. So it's it's uh, it's a gateway drug. It is the it is and the you know reefer. What? I really feel like podcast. we must. Um, I feel like we must feed each other. Like I feel like we must like contribute to each other's success in some way. And so that's um like I love promoting that kind of like positivity and stuff sharing. Totally. It's a, it's a symbiotic relationship for sure. Yeah. I would never recommend Googling just Dungeons and Daddies though. Cause I, back when I was a rookie, used <laughs> to do that and um, would not find anything about the podcast really. But, but you learned so much. I learned so much. Well, cool. Well, again, thank you for, uh, for joining us. If you don't mind for the people in the world who are not yet familiar with your show, uh, which they should be, um, can you tell us a little bit about what Dungeons and Daddies is and why people should listen or why people should not listen? <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I should have said that early. Okay, so Dungeons and... My name is Beth May, and I'm um, a co-host of Dungeons and Daddies, which is an actual play um, Dungeons and Dragons podcast about four dads from our world, the very world that we live in, who are sort of thrust into the forgotten realms after their um, their sons go missing on the way to a soccer game. So, you know, basically four soccer dads trying to navigate the world of the forgotten realms. Um, 
I play, uh, every, there's a, every sort of dad archetype is represented and I play sort of the emotionally detached asshole stepfather of the group. And, uh, his name is Ron Stampler. And I do have to say, well, I appreciate how method art you are. You don't have to do Ron's voice right now. You can just do your normal <laughs> voice if you want to. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying. I, like, you know, it's sometimes it's hard. The uh, the lines get crossed and whatnot. Right when when you become when the character becomes too much you and you become too much of the character, it's that. Uh, yeah. It's that whole when thing. does it yeah. stop and when does it start? Right. Yeah. So that's basically. Um, I I would qualify mostly as a comedy sort of improv uh, podcast, and my other co-hosts are Freddie Wong, um, Will Campos. Um, Matt Arnold and our DM is Anthony Birch. Um, I like how all... you had to think for a second before you remembered Anthony's name. You're like that guy, Anthony Birch. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, like he's—they're all like so amazing. And then Anthony is one of those people that, to strangers, I mean, anybody listening to this podcast, I qualify as like an actual genius, like just like somebody who whose brain actually works on a different level. And I, I qualify. Uh, Freddie definitely on that level too. Freddie's like one of those not jack of all trades but master of all trades. So, um, and then uh, Will and Matt are pretty cool. <laughs> they're, no, they're like the every, best. Every every team needs sidekicks. Um, no, I'm like everybody's sidekick. The I'm like Matt and Will are just the most generous performers. They're so smart and they're so like with their characters all the time whenever we're recording and they're just like so the momentum of the show itself i like i yeah i i don't want to be this person who sounds like a total um nicey nice person but they the show is just like incredible in my opinion because of them and because of their like their chemistry totally it, it's funny um i found out about the show because actually someone in my D D group I was like, hey, I've been listening to this new show. It's really funny. It's not a BDSM podcast. And I was like, do tell. <laughs> uh, and they were like, yeah, yeah, go check it out. And I downloaded it and I heard Freddie and I was like, whoa, flashback like fucking 10 years ago watching some dude make portal gun videos and, you know, rocket jump videos. Like I, I remember like I was super into Freddie's videos 10 years ago and then I, you know, grew up and stopped watching YouTube. So it was like a total blast from the past. I was like, this guy, look at him. He's still doing his stuff and he's really successful. That's super cool. I know. It's so wild because like um, I never watched Freddie's videos. However, weirdly enough, I was like a PA on um, Video Game High School. Like when, oh, really? I, first, when I first moved to L.A. And um, or no, I was just there for a semester. I was still in college and I forgot about it and freddie forgot about me and we never even like realized what had happened until like we met at a party like years later um That's and so funny. but like freddie's freddie's so funny about how he approaches like his quote-unquote fame as is anthony where the you know the he's freddie's always like freddie <laughs> freddie wong that has been youtuber <laughs> which i think is very funny and um yeah well, that I think that kind of tells into into kind of the, the intro question. Um, how did the show get started? Whose idea was it? How are you approached? Because because you guys, it's not even been a year, right? You launched this at the beginning of this year, is that right? Yeah, it's been. Um, I think we launched it end of January, um, and we. I think we had, we we thought of it. I I say we thought of it. It was not my idea whatsoever. I think I was approached about it in December. Um, I am 99.9% .9 certain that it was 
Anthony and Freddie's idea. I think that the story goes, and it, we actually, so we have like a Patreon for the show, and we do this like sort of sub podcast called Talking Dad so <laughs> instead a, of like a, the a Talking podcast Dead. About BDSM and a podcast about subs. Yeah, yeah, basically. sure. Yeah, and then the Dom it's, podcast is coming. All soon. of it, all of it is sexy as hell. Um, <laughs> and so Anthony and Freddie went into this sort of long story about how they were t- they were talking about like. Anthony's weird relationship with his dad and like how their dad archetypes and how they kind of fall along with the, um, the D and D classes or whatever. And, um, so Freddie, Freddie and I are really good friends. Um, Anthony is the brother of one of my best friends. Um, and so like, and I had recorded, I recorded with Will and Matt, um, uh, once because uh, Freddie, Will, and Matt had this amazing podcast called Story Break, where, where they're given one hour to like, like basically pitch a movie for just a dumb idea, and like it, it could, they've done like Flow from Progressive and Clippy from Microsoft, and so I did this episode with them called Tearjerker because um, I was joking about how I cry all the time. Okay. Um, but like a flash forward, you know, I was like at a party, and Freddie came up to me and asked me if I wanted to, to do this uh, this podcast, and I was terrified because I had never, ever, ever, ever played D&D in my life. Um, and it's not intimidating at all when you, like, look at the book and all you see is, like, lines and lines of text and numbers <laughs> I, and elves. and. Oh, I never looked at the book. I, like, I, <laughs> almost, I almost said no on the spot. It's, like, Freddie Freddy has been amazing because, obviously, I moved... I moved to LA to do writing and acting and um, it's like, honestly, I mean, like it's as hard as everybody says that it is and that, that you get very few, you get very few breaks and, and like, even if you make these wonderful, talented, quote unquote, connected friends, it's not always like you, it's very much right place, right time. And um, sure. for Freddie to reach out and know that even though I'm not an improver and I'm not a D player that like there might have been some potential there it was like yeah i'm very indebted to him and like honestly just mostly for the fun that i have doing it <laughs> totally so so did you guys like did you practice beforehand did you do like you know a session prep or did you literally just turn mics on and say you know let's fucking go i i think that we um i okay so i like i think that we sort of spent a couple of weeks sort of thinking about what what characters we would play um not even talking to other people what are not even talking to amongst ourselves what characters we were playing like just sort of like thinking and and um just sort of yeah like developing these characters in our heads and then we did sort of a practice pilot where we recorded the whole thing and it, it went about like uh, two hours long and it was very very scary for me i because i just didn't know the mechanics of the game at all and um and but i mean it ended up being like okay and i i could see the glint in both freddie and anthony's eyes that, that we had something there and that there was there was a chance for other people to really get in on this and like it and listen so that kind of leads into this um i would say that, that you guys have been wildly successful so far and and you seem to be, I mean, you're what, like 20 episodes in, right? Yeah, exactly 20. I 20 think. episodes yeah. in, yeah. And and I'm only I'm only about halfway through. Um, 
but you guys are, and again, this is all this is all my opinion. Uh, you guys are on a bit of like an adventure zone trajectory. If I, I don't know how familiar you are with with that show. I've only listened to a couple episodes, unfortunately, but so, I, um, I, so I'm, I'm familiar with yeah. like, they have a ton of fans or whatever yeah. and that they have a ton of seasons. So has that, has that kind of like struck you yet that, um, that you guys, not only that you have something, but that like, you might have something like you might have something like really, really big. I, it's weird. Cause I think that it's something that's, um, that Freddie's somehow knew all along and that like because he's i mean obviously he's an extremely smart creator and he's in he's an extremely smart guy about the business of creation and the business of being a successful like person who creates stuff and that's like i mean he basically was the most subscribed to youtuber outside of like the studio system and um he's like an independent sort of filmy genius that way but um I think he knew once we started getting good download numbers that we were in a good position. For me, it was um, it it became sort of way more surreal when um, when like the the fan groups on on Facebook started popping up and um, people on Twitter. Uh, you know, I I last this time last year I probably have like <laughs> like thirty Twitter followers <laughs> sure, or something. Yeah. Um, and in terms of like the legs on the project, I it still really really hasn't hit me that this could be something that goes on for a while or that that could bring um, a lot of s- success or like the sort of like standing um, like you know I I assume that the Adventure Zone guys or even the not another D and D podcast guys have like been able to like quit their jobs because of the podcast sure, and yeah. stuff like that and. Um, so all that stuff seems very uh, surreal and intimidating, and I, you know, I'm not yet sure how to handle it. No, that makes total sense. I mean, you know, I, confession: one of my eventual hopes as uh, as a white dude with a podcast is to eventually <laughs> quit my <laughs> quit my normal job and do you know something in entertainment full time, yeah. right? So it's like it's a dream that you have. And when you and when something starts to click, there's and and I'm much further behind on the clicking than you are, but there's kind of that fear that comes in, right? Of like, am I making this up? Is this just in my head? Like, like yeah, I shouldn't think I, that I, about myself, but maybe. No, and I'm gonna interrupt you really quick yeah, and yeah. say like, you might not be behind that dreams as much as you think you are. Like, I I've been in LA for um, uh, three and a half years, and you know, like I I feel very passionate about the projects that I do and I'm a writer and I'm like working on pilots and I, you know, I, I act and I do sketches and stuff like that. And I've just been really grinding on trying to make that happen by, by myself and with my sort of my friends and close talents and stuff like that. And it's like, I feel like as much as I've developed my my quote unquote talent at the stuff that I do, it, it just wasn't really, I wasn't making any steps towards being a full-time creative person. Sure. Um, and to step into something like Dungeons and Daddies, frankly, by accident is such a wild, um, it's such a wild ride and such a, like, a you know, to have this weird success guilt and stuff like that, but also be very grateful. And so I, I just want to say that anybody who's sort of like, maybe struggling with um, with their persistence not paying off. It's just like so much is luck and so much is luck that you never even would have expected to be luck. And so 
yeah, that's kind of what I have to say about that. <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. And, and like so much of it is like, and this kind of falls in the luck thing, but so much of it is like timing, right? Like, like you yeah. might be grinding away for forever, but until that, that right moment until this, you know, it's kind of cliche, but until the stars kind of an, align unexpectedly, um, you don't know when suddenly all that work is going to out of nowhere pay off in a really unexpected way. Right. Exactly. And like, you, you know, like my, my, my mom has been really supportive during, um, yeah, my parents have been really supportive, like while I've been out here living, just trying to make a living and stuff, you know, I had three jobs and, um, and uh, well, I mean like two and a half, I guess, but, um, so they've been really supportive of me just like grinding, just trying to make this dream happen. But like they had never heard of D and D before. And like, I, like I barely had either. So it's just like, I, you know, I'm just sort of blindsided by anything good happening to me in this way that I never expected it to, but I'm very grateful. Totally. That's awesome. So I kind of petitioned people on Reddit for some questions and we'll get into a bunch of them. But, uh, one of the one of the things that popped up from a few different people, um, and that I kind of had going into this talk with you, was uh, you are the the only woman player in the campaign, right? And so, yes. how does that um, like? What's kind of your perspective about dads and their sons? That kind of you know relationship in the world as an abstract concept, and how do you feel like that has played into how you represent Ron, or just kind of like what you do in the game? Um. This is this is an interesting question, and I like one that I'm kind of glad you asked because when we were starting, I think, and I could be making this up. I think that Freddie asked if I wanted to be a mom because I, I mean, I assumed you know he's he's been really close with Will, Anthony, and Matt for a long time. They've worked together for a long time, um, and Freddie and I have just been sort of friends socially, and. Um, so I think, you know, he just obviously wanted, like, you couldn't have, like, a just a four-dude D&D podcast because that's been, you know, that's been done. And um, sure. so I think he wanted me initially to play a mom, but the reason that I wanted to play a dad was because um, I I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I, especially in the sort of geek domain podcasts like I, I think specifically of like film podcasts and like review podcasts game review podcasts if there's one woman on the show for some dumb reason that woman is so targeted in the reviews and stuff like that and I sure. I think that's like not to just sound like a an insane sort of uh, feminist I mean I am a feminist but not just to sound like completely arbitrarily feminist I just do think that like women on podcasts get this unnecessarily amount of hate for saying things that they you know that they believe are like are perceived as less intelligent so when I was thinking about that I was like well I have to play a man because like I like I I even if I'm doing my my best there are people out there who will subconsciously think that like I might not be you know it's if I were (laughs) Because, like, frankly, I'm really bad at playing D&D, and I'm frankly not that smart when it comes to, like, most things. So if I'm going to be judged for that, I would rather be judged playing a man. So um, I think the beauty of Ron – I think the beauty of Ron as a character is that it it gives me the freedom to explore sort of my own stupidity but also – like toxic masculinity from the perspective of a man. And um, 
when I, so when I say like toxic masculinity, I say that from the point of like the patriarchy hurts men. Like feminists say that like, Hey, the, that the, that the man is keeping them down or whatever, but in a broader way, the man is keeping all men down. This idea that you have to be sort of strong and, and like, and hardened and that you can't show emotion and stuff. So I, I think I really wanted to just show the damage that causes and then that men can be like sensitive and caring and stuff, but they're sort of trained not to. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that's like, I, I assumed that was kind of the perspective you were coming from because in the first few episodes, I was like, I'm laughing really hard, but she's also like really calling out some shitty behaviors that like all <laughs> men do. And you know, that like, that like I've struggled against doing that. We just do subconsciously just because it's been kind of ingrained, you know, in like society. Absolutely. Yeah. And and you were doing it in a way that not only like you were doing the behavior, but you were narrating it as like, this is kind of shitty, but I'm going (laughs) to do it because that's what men do. Right. And, and so I, I really appreciate that kind of element that you, that you bring. And, and it kind of seems to, you know, be reflected a bit in in some of the other guys, you know, they'll do some similar things in their characters, but you just kind of get to the heart of it, which in, in a way that. Honestly, I don't know if a guy, your average dude, would be self-aware enough to kind of skewer those those very deep aspects of our personalities that we're so unaware of. Um, <laughs> I think I think guys like might be, and I, I I think many men are self-aware enough. But it's like once you take a woman and put it put her in like a man's shoes like that, it's you know it sort of becomes. it's like an eyesore of um theme you know it's just like oh that sticks out there's something different and that makes me notice what the person is saying i mean most importantly i think the the beauty of playing ron is that like i am playing a stupid character and i don't really honestly think he's stupid i'm playing a dumbish character where if somebody has a problem with Ron, it's not because he's a woman. And that is like really freeing to me that like I could play the smartest woman character ever. And I think there would still be somebody being like, well, she's dumb. But like to sort of subvert that and be like, this can't be about me being a woman is um, it, it makes me feel protected in some way. It's kind of interesting how like, some people online are, struggle with that because um, there's one there's one Reddit thread I pulled up from y'all subreddit that was essentially a dude saying I don't really like Ron and I don't like him because he doesn't you know he doesn't make the decisions that I think he should make like the subtext that I picked up and you actually had a really thoughtful response to this person um, where you kind of like stepped in and you're like hey here's some insight into why I play Ron the way I do and that person's reply was like I get that but I don't think that's what Ron would do. And so it, it's, it, it kind of read to me as this, like, I'm bothered that she's a woman playing a man, but I don't really know how to say that because the character itself is a man. So I'm just going to say that like the decisions aren't what I think that the character should do. <laughs> and, and, and so it's kind of interesting to see people like struggle with how to like, cause they can't just go, Oh, it's cause she's a woman. Um, cause you've kind of <laughs> removed that by, by playing a dad. Right. Well, what I've what I've seen recently, and some people sort of like um, I like a mini Ron backlash. I think I was Ron was so overrated as a character in the beginning. You know, it's just like anything that people get to, get excited about, people tend to come around on and be like, "Wait a minute, this isn't as cool as we thought it was." Right. So, um, but like I I actually attribute a lot of that to like once you create a character 
that people are either connect to or find interesting and you put it out in the world, there's a part of it that doesn't belong to you anymore. And there's a part of it that like people really take in as sort of their own. And then I think that people sort of get uh, get confused when they they their image of this character is betrayed by whatever the actual like uh, role player character is right, doing. Yeah. So I think that might have had something to do with it too. For sure, totally. Um, you also had, and we were, we were talking about this before we started recording, but you guys have you have fantastic reviews on Apple Podcasts. You've got like one point yes, seven thousand. So, we're so excited when we yeah. get like that's I yeah I I read them and they just like absolutely make my day if I'm just having a crappy day. And and then out of all these and, and like you look at the graph and I think it's just like a ninety nine percent bar of like five star reviews. And then there's like <laughs> one two star review, and and I think you said you've read this before, but I did. I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to you. Would you uh, would you read this review in Ron's voice? Yes, I love this review. I think it's it's really it's really fabulous. All right, I'm gonna pull it up and then read it in Ron's voice. Let me find it here. <clears throat> okay, you can still hear me pretty well, right? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Okay, I love this podcast. The interaction between Will. Anthony, Freddie, and Matt is fantastic, and they remind me of my old gaming group. However, I cannot stand Beth May. She apparently thinks that she is the comedy relief for this group, yet she is rarely funny. Her over-the-top sexual jokes and things that she apparently thinks guys do gets very tiresome after the second episode, and it's to the point that I wish I could bleep her out without missing dialogue. She rarely contributes to the group, and I was quickly got tired of her in the last episode constantly looking for wood rather than something more useful because she felt, as a man, that's important to me. And her constant joke about not receiving the metaphorical sword Henry spoke about, it seemed others in the group got tired of this too. Beth May is the sole reason this podcast is not receiving a five from me. <laughs> I had to mute my microphone. <laughs> I, I think you should make that your Twitter bio or get a tattoo of that or something. <laughs> Beth May is the sole reason this I, podcast is like some guy is I'm angrily actually, typing in his like second. mom's basement this line out. It's fantastic. <laughs> um I've gotten that comment before to um to put that as my Twitter uh my Twitter bio or something. Um, <laughs> whenever I read it to people and the part about like the old gaming group being like Freddie, Will, Matt right, right. is like, wow, I wonder why that is. <laughs> what, what is the um, common denominator that yeah. could possibly remind this guy? What, what could it be? What could, penis, penis, penis. Oh, okay. You know what it yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you for that. That was, that was good for me on like a deeply spiritual level. I mean, I got to thank Moose number, whatever the username was, for taking the time to leave the review and for listening to the podcast. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a download and a, uh, a subscription you guys get. So, you know, regardless, he's, he's supporting the cause. Yeah. So um, you guys, uh, speaking of, you know, your star kind of being on the rise, you guys have a uh, like a live performance coming up, right? Is it tomorrow that you're doing like a live show? Oh, I think we're doing a live stream. It's a and live stream, it's for, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's for somebody else's um it's like for a charity. I'm so sorry, I'm so bad with like 
what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, I, no, no, no worries. I've been like stressed about other stuff this week and I just like got that email and I was like, oh yeah, this is tomorrow. And I, so we're, we're doing a live stream on from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. And I'm sorry, I have like literally no other info on that, but I will text you after we're done with it's this okay. interview. It's okay. In all, in all fairness, this is going to go up like two weeks after you do the stream. So, you know, okay, it, cool, 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 we'll cool, tell cool, people cool. where they, I'll, I'll try and tell people where they can find it online after it, after it uh, airs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm excited about it because I think it, it'll be the first time, uh, one of the, one of the first times that we're sort of going, um, doing a different thing besides Dungeons and Daddies. Um, after we, we just did the, uh, the call of Cthulhu or the mountains of dadness, um, Mm -hmm. prequel, which, um, I loved, I was so jazzed about that, that game. And it was just, it it was so much fun. So you guys are going to be on video for the stream. Is that right? Yeah, we're going to be on video for the live stream tomorrow. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I haven't watched the, uh, the the prequel thing you were talking about yet. Is that is that audio or is that video as well? It's uh, We had like a live stream while we were recording it for some level of patron or whatever. Um, and then we are releasing it on audio for all patrons. Um, we The first episode dropped yesterday. And, um, I, you know, it's the first thing I listened to like it's really hard for me to listen to the podcast and to listen to like my voice specifically because I just get really self-conscious and stuff. But it was the first thing I listened to where I was like really able to sort of disappear into the story and really enjoy myself. So, um, yeah, I like, uh, and that for, if people aren't patrons, there'll be a point where you can buy the audio book, like in parts, um, later after it's all released. So there's going to be three part, three part, um, in the series. So is there a different vibe when you know that you're on camera versus when you're just like doing this in microphone, like, like in the studio or wherever you guys uh, record? I honestly wouldn't know because I I didn't even know that, um, we were live streaming like video wise, the mountains of dadness until we were like halfway through the first, um, episode okay. and also the camera the camera was pretty far away from us because i i think we were all like i i mean speaking for me i was like in pajamas with a hoodie over my head um i like laid back on a couch um <laughs> so yeah i think for i mean for the live stream tomorrow i might like actually wear a decent sweater <laughs> or something um and be more nervous but um yeah normally it's like anybody who's a fan of the the podcast has not seen my face unless they're um like on my Instagram or whatever. For sure. So so what would what would Ron wear to his first like live stream event? What would his live stream event? Yeah. What would Ron wear? Um I I think he would wear something way 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 too formal um and then <laughs> Uh, definitely multiple layers of pants but sort of like maybe like long johns like long right. johns with sure. like with like thin suspenders and then suspenders over that with like tux pants um and then like maybe wear a cummerbund as like a head scarf or something oh my god um awesome. yeah well let's uh let's jump into i've got some of these reddit questions so uh shout out yeah, to sure. the dungeons and daddy subreddit thank you guys for giving some of these out um i went through i picked a few out so we'll do those and then there are some that i think are from people who are further along in the show than i am so i'll just okay. uh, i'll softball those to you at the end and you can tell me if they're an inside joke or just a really shitty question 
we'll, we'll <laughs> okay. go from there. But let's okay. see. Let's grab one here. Actually, I'm looking at the anti-Beth May thread, and so that's not going to have good stuff. Let's put, jump over. Um, so, so this is, is that one. what it's called? There's no, like no, that, that's what I call it. it. No, no, it's, it's that okay. one that, that I was talking about that you replied to where the guy was like, yeah. I just don't think Ron should behave this way. Um, yeah. So I, good... I always, it's weird because like he, like he literally hid in his pants in the third episode. So right. anything else I feel like is sort of a normaler than that. Right. Like why, why you are you know. surprised at this point? Like, <laughs> um, so is this pretty straightforward? Uh, who was the inspiration for Ron and how did his creation happen? Um, okay. So my dad is the my dad is the inspiration for ron but i will say that ron is nothing like him okay and um i in explaining that more it's that like my my relationship with my dad is very is very complicated and he's um he's a hard guy to to get to know and he's a um uh like he's he's in the navy and he's just um yeah, he um very emotionally like ambiguous and it's it's kind of caused a lot of friction in our family my whole life and sure. um you know without like <laughs> without like delving into my daddy issues or whatever I Six think hours later. was like <laughs> oh man you have to charge me hourly <laughs> for this interview um uh but like in looking at like which dad archetype i should play i was really like in interested in how men get that way and like what right. like what forces people to think that they're not allowed to connect or whatever and it could just be that some people are like psychopaths and aren't trying in the first place but um i like i i think uh coming up with Ron's having a very sort of uh, almost emotionally abusive father who was really focused on masculinity um, was important in developing Ron, who is he was he's an actor. He's a he's playing a pretend man. He's playing a pretend father by being a stepfather and he's playing a pretend man by like being fearful and being sensitive, but also trying to act tough and masculine. Right. And that's kind of his his mindset and his fear, right? Not not necessarily like stepdads are like are like fake dads or whatever, but that's like his own fear that you would kind of express in character a lot, right? Like I'm I'm a real dad, yeah. right, guys? Am I in the dad huddle? Yeah, and it's it's sort of like um, the this idea that if you if you try enough, you can make yourself different or something. It's like um, I think Ron is confronted with the idea that he is wrong in some way by not being like his his father or not being even like the other dads and i think there's a lot of like sort of guilt that he um he steps aside by being just weird because if you're making a mistake on purpose then it's not you that's the mistake it's the mistake itself right awesome that that question uh shout out came from less underscore harry underscore bear so thank you less underscore harry yes underscore bear. good question yeah good one um, this one comes from Score1990. Uh, it says, in your best opinion, what is Ron's greatest achievement in the campaign thus far? And if you guys haven't listened, uh, we'll call this a spoiler, but just get over it because I haven't either. So go. Ooh, okay. Um, I Honestly, I, th- I think um, 
I, I think like talking to Terry, doing the doing the his his sort of like family family monologue to Terry because I th- I think it's the it's the first. Um, I mean, it's, it was the first time he confronted his his like interior fear in a real way and sort of opened up and and admitted that he, like he might not be the right dude for the job and um and obviously that still ended in Terry being transported by the purple dudes away but I it, it seemed like a really real um Ron moment and I I think it's like the the part of the podcast in in like a dramatic way that I'm, I'm most proud of maybe um but like the pyramid thing was pretty cool at the pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, because so much of Ron's cool stuff is luck, right. <laughs> and so it's just like weird stuff that he succeeds in that I'm always really excited about. Yeah, because because it seems like you will go from having really terrible roles to like suddenly like oh something something works yeah. like, out of nowhere. Yeah, for some reason mine are like super super black or white. The the follow up from score t- score 1990 on that question is in Ron's opinion, what is best greatest achievement? <laughs> Um, let's see. Okay, so I can't even remember if like when Anthony was pretending to be me, if I even had the right answer to his to his question. Um, (laughs) yeah, I I would say like Ron would be really proud of Beth's knowledge of Buffy and Angel because even (laughs) if it didn't work, like I think he was really impressed. Sure, as anybody would be. (laughs) I, I mean, understandably, yeah. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Um, here's a good one. This is from Cool Andy Neat at Red, on Reddit on the Reddit uh, for Beth. <laughs> right before each session, you feel blank. Right after each session, you typically feel blank. Um, right before every session, I feel very, very, very nervous and um, always a, a little bit tired. I mean, we normally do it after work, um, and I'm you know driving downtown and um, and uh, always, yeah, always a little bit nervous. And, um, especially, especially as the podcast has gotten more listeners, it's just, I feel, um, I just honestly feel a lot of pressure every time. Um, because I don't want to, like everybody else is so honestly incredible and I just don't want to let the team down. But after every recording, I just feel, um, so like relieved and relaxed and like, um, kind of giggly and in a good mood um and it's just yeah it's just a really good time and then i i feel like really tired because because <laughs> we're like ending at like 11 or 12 right. cool. here's a here's another one for you uh from mango dude also with a bunch mango of underscores that i'm not going to pronounce um it says <laughs> this one's pretty basic but wh- who is your favorite non-player character in the campaign? oh non-player character um I love Scam Likely so much. I like I, I literally just listened to that episode like right before this oh call. Oh my gosh. So I awesome. just I like I remember just losing it when um <laughs> when when Anthony first did that. Um uh yeah, I mean Anthony's like he's like a freaking Tatiana Maslani with these these uh these um accents and stuff that he pulls out you know i was i was i love like dialects and accents and i was thinking about doing that in college so it's like majoring in that but um 
yeah, that must be so much fun. And he's so good at it. He's so good at like just completely changing up what character he's playing. And um, but scam likely. And and then the fact that you like called it out by saying that he and the library are related is just wonderful. <laughs> or or are they? Or is that just a scam he's pulling? Who knows? Uh, you never know. Oh my gosh. Um, did you have this one's from Sibo uh, Tattoo? Um, did you have any <laughs> character ideas before you ended on Ron? Yes, um, I'm trying to think what I wanted to do. Oh, I want. Okay, this is like I, I, there were two other ideas that I had, and they're both like weirdly kind of dark. Actually, they're very dark. One was like cult dad. Like I like <laughs> like I had this idea that he'd like um, he was just the type of per- person to let like had multiple children because he was like collecting children as part of a cult or something. Oh and then uh, then that got shut down immediately. Oh, yeah. And then um, I had like just out of hospital or prison dad. So it would be like, like, which sounds super, super dark, but I, I was uh, drawn to the idea that it was like a dad in sort of like a, a position that he would need to learn about the real world again. So like, um, you know, just like his son, he would be like reliant on his son for like learning basic right, things. Right. But that became redundant when we were going into the Forgotten Realms. And so it was, sure, um, sure, yeah. um, yeah. And then, then to tease this other thing that we, and I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I feel like I am, but we're, we're Shoot investigating first, doing second, this. Go for it. <laughs> cut, cut twice, measure once, which is a reference exactly, to yeah. the show. Um, and uh, that I was exploring a multi-level marketing mom at one point oh is all I will say. <laughs> at one point recently, that's what I was exploring. Okay, okay. The uh, the DoTerra like gold diamond rep. It was it was creams. I think creams and essential oils. Oh man. Well, uh, I grew up homeschooled my entire life. So if you ever have a need for a guest, uh, you know, homeschool prepper dad. Um, oh my gosh! I can totally talk about you know the bunker that I have buried yes. and, and the guns for when the government yes, comes. That is yeah. fabulous. I'll I'll tell uh, Matt that because I knew he was he was thinking about that at some point. It was like a a doomsday prepper dad. Um, so all that to say, I have great character references to pull from. Oh my gosh! Because dads are strange. That's fabulous. Oh man. Uh, so so let's after that let's just get into some of these. Uh, are they are they spoilers for me or are they just shitty questions? Um, <laughs> this is from Bush did Harambe. Oh my gosh. Which is a good name. <laughs> and wild it, is, uh, username. it is, do crabs think people walk sideways? Do crabs think people walk sideways? Is that a show reference or a um, shitty question? Um, maybe neither. I know it's not a show question. I know it's not a show reference or at least I don't think so. But, um, it does seem like something I, Ron would have an opinion on though. Yeah, like speaking as Beth, though, I think you know, I I feel like crabs' eyes don't go that high, (laughs) (laughs) like they can't, yeah, or something. Like I think that, um, or maybe crabs know that they walk sideways, know that they them crabs walk sideways. So yeah, I think I don't know. We could never know. Sure, for sure. Uh, the next question. I'm sorry, from, Bush no, did no. Get <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're taking this way deeper than they intended it, or or maybe they they're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. I never thought about it. <laughs> uh, this one is from Stillest Waters. Um, can you really pull off a Christ air, or is that just a lie? 
this is a this is a reference to the show. I don't think I've ever said that I could do a Chrysler, but in Tony Hawk, I can definitely do a Chrysler. Hundred percent. Yeah. See now I want to uh, you know pull my my PlayStation out and get some Pro Skater Two. The, I'm notoriously a non gamer, but the highest I went was like a PS Two, and I had like I had Tony Hawk Three, and I had Tony Hawk's Underground Two, and it's like all that I would play. <laughs> so yeah, I was obsessed. Oh man. Okay, so last question is uh, from Googly Eyes sixty, um, and it says, "What does Anthony smell like? Do you look at him differently now that you know about his abnormal amount of UTIs?" <laughs> um, I no, I think probably the first thing Anthony told me was he gets an abnormal amount of UTIs. Um, yeah, I, I like that as hand. as like an icebreaker, like like opening, like yeah. hi, nice to meet you. Um, no, literally nothing, Anthony could say would make me look at him any differently because like I've known him for probably like three years just in close proximity to he he used to live in the house that all my best friends live in and um and so yeah just like wild things um I know wild things about everybody but um he smells um he doesn't really smell like anything I mean he smells like fine um his sister smells good um Will smells good. Matt smells good. Freddie smells good. Yeah, Anthony smells good. They, but like in a sort of like, um, it's like maybe good's not the word, but like nobody smells bad. <laughs> that would, would Except really, for me. That's, that's a win. That's a win. <laughs> Except for me. Yeah. Everybody's like, what does that smell? Um, speaking of Anthony, and this one's from me. What has been, or has there been like a standout moment where you, where you were just kind of like wowed by something he did in the game, where you're like, where did he come up with that? You know, whether it's a voice or like a, a game moment. What has kind of like jumped out to you as like a holy shit, that guy just nailed it. Um, I think. Okay, so when we were doing the first episode. I I have no like specific reference for this, but he said something that was in reaction to one of our like wild <laughs> pieces of dialogue that was so fast. And it was like, I don't even think he's professionally trained in improv or whatever, but like the speed with which his mind worked was like actually insane to me. And I, I was just very, very, very blown away. Um, Will is also somebody who can do those like quick fire rapid responses that I just like, like when I always think of Will doing the check please at the end of, I forget whatever episode, but um, yeah. And he's just um, amazing. And then more specifically in our, um, in our call of Cthulhu mountains of dadness uh, Patreon thing without spoiling anything at all. I will say that Anthony, uh, dropped this twist on me specifically because like I was able to get insight into this one thing and it was this thing that he'd been keeping secret and I just thought it was like the most radically cool sort of twist that it could have been and it was just it like totally changed the game and um he's he's very much like uh he's a disruptor like in in terms of storytelling and I think a lot of us are and I think that's what makes the podcast pretty interesting in my opinion (laughs) No, for sure. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, thousands of us um, agree with you. But hey, I really appreciate you jumping on this call with me. Um, it has been awesome talking to you and kind of hearing of some course. of your insights. Yeah. A- anything else you guys have going on uh, or that you personally have going on that you'd like to share with people? Um, if you have social media, feel free to pimp that now. Uh, yeah. What, what you got in front of you right now? 
Um, yeah, um, well, it's, I'm like, uh, I'm sort of in the last stages of this series I've been developing, but like, you know, that might fall. I'm around, I'm on social media. Um, I'm going to interrupt you uh, and tell you that your call broke up for a second. So you were like, I'm in the middle of, and then it just dropped out. So how about, how about you <laughs> I mean, throw it at us Yeah, again. nothing, nothing use, nothing useful really. I mean, you know, I'm in the middle of uh, finishing up this, this series and developing it and pitching it. And um, so that might go somewhere that might not. And that's fine. That's showbiz baby. I'm also working on a new, um, I do spoken word poetry, slam poetry and working on a new album, but most importantly for right now, you can catch me on Instagram or Twitter at Hey Beth May. That's Hey, like hi, and then Beth and then May like the month. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for having me on. This has been a great, uh, this has been a great talk. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate it. And, uh, hopefully we get to talk again sometime. Hopefully this, uh, this is a rocket ship headed to the stars for you guys, but, but like the kind of rocket ship that, that doesn't explode or run out of oxygen. Yes. Like a functional sci-fi rocket ship. That's what we will hope hopefully. for. Hopefully. Yeah. And honestly, best of luck with, um, with your podcast, this podcast right now. I think it's, um, I don't know. I think it's really cool. <laughs> so, well, thank you. Um, yeah. And so best of luck and I'll, um, I hope we'll keep in touch. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, uh, that guys, that has been Beth May and we're super grateful to have had her on the show. As always, I'm Andrew Richardson and this has been Roll for Persuasion. You can follow us on Instagram at Roll Persuasion. You can check out the show at rollforpersuasion.com. We're available on just about every podcast app out there. And as I said, please feel free to leave us a review. Tell your friends about the show because uh, that's what we love doing is getting in front of people's ears and sharing cool stories of what people are doing in the gaming community. Until next time, have a great night, y'all. Take care.